You're going to prophesy that end and you're not going to back down. We're going to lift up those loved ones. We're going to pray and we're going to stand and we're going to believe that God is truly for us and he is also for them. today warring for your loved ones for those who have someone they who once walked with Christ and now are far far away from him don't all raise your hands at once for those that are warring for their salvation for those who need to be strengthened in the Word of God to keep running 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 the race that's been marked out with before you with perseverance the race marked out for us Hebrews 12 1 turn your Bible to Psalm 27 verse 13 and this is what the word of the Lord says. I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I would have lost heart. You didn't lose heart, but you would have lost heart unless you had believed. One of the most important things in standing and believing for a loved one, no matter who they are, child or adult, spouse, it doesn't matter. One of the most important things that you must do is believe. Say, I will continue to believe the word of God that doesn't return void. So it says, I would have lost heart unless I had believed uh, that I would see, I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. You're going to see, you are all going to see the goodness of the Lord in this land not one day when you go to heaven but now say i'm seeing it now hallelujah thank you lord i love this verse i hung on to this verse for many many years because you know the enemy wants you to lose heart he wants you to be discouraged he wants you to play right into the enemy's strategy the enemy's strategy of fear, of lament, of grief, of speaking words of what you see instead of what you know to be. We will be a church that will walk on fire speaking words of truth, not words of feelings, not words that line up with what we feel. We're going to make sure we are militant with the things of God. Amen. The word of God spoken in your circumstance will change that literal circumstance if you stay at it. John 8 and 31 and 32. It says this, you shall know the truth and the truth will make you free. The truth will make you free. He said this to the Jews who had believed him. If you, this is, now I'm gonna read from 31 and I'm gonna read 32. Verse 31 says that Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, if you continue in my word, you are truly my disciples. Say, if I continue in his word, I am truly his disciples then you will know the truth and then the truth will make you free when you continue in his word you will know his will when you continue in his word you will the word will make you free he not only sets you free right but he makes you free and there is a difference because you cannot be set free or, you, I'm sorry, you can be set free and then be bound again. You can be set free, but then be bound again. So when you are free, you're not bound. Say, I'm free, therefore I'm not bound. 
unless I walk in or allow something to bind me again, right? So at the same way, you cannot be free and bound at the same time. Now let's turn to John 11, 39. So for the one that's lost in deception, they are like, like they're likened to Lazarus, dead and trapped in a hollow, empty cave, right? With the stone literally blocking them from the light of Christ. I'm going to start reading in John. You, if you have your Bibles, you can follow along. 11, verse 38. Then Jesus, again, groaning in himself, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone lay against it. There are some stones that are laying in front of and blocking the entry to the minds of those that you love. But those stones are coming free, moved, being moved. Amen? And so I want you to see this passage in relationship to your loved ones today that need Jesus or that need to walk closer with him. Verse 39, Jesus said, take away the stone. Why are you not saying take away the stone? And you speak it forth in authority. Take that stone away in the name of Jesus. And every power and principality knows exactly that you are speaking to it. Martha, the sister of him who was dead, said to him, Lord, by this time there is a stench, for he has been dead for four days. Stop limiting God. We will not limit God. We will not say what is impossible because God says nothing is impossible with me. Jesus said to her, did I not say to you that if you would believe, there's that word again, did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Did I not say to you, believe? I would have lost heart unless I had believed. I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. You are not going to lose heart because you believe. Say, I believe. I'm a believing believer. Did I not say to you that if you would just believe, you would see the glory of God? How many of you want to see the glory of God over someone you're praying for? Probably everyone in this room. And then verse 41, then they took away the stones. They took away the stones. First they spoke, they spoke to that stone, right? They commanded that stone to be moved. Then they took away the stones, verse 41. And from the place where the dead man was lying and the Jesus lifted up his eyes and he said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. God hears your prayers. He hears our prayers. He hears every single one of your prayers. And don't let the enemy tell you that he's not hearing your prayers. Because when you do that, you are partnering with the enemy. You are literally shutting the door to your own miracle. When you allow Satan to tell you God doesn't hear you. Lie. Say lie. He hears my prayers. He hears your prayers. Verse 42. And I know that you always hear me. This is Jesus speaking. And because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. He, he said that for their benefit. Now, when he said these things, he cried out with a loud voice because Jesus, knowing who he is, knowing what he and whom he carried, he cried out with a loud voice and he said, Lazarus, come forth. There are some things that need to be called forth. Lazarus, come forth from the dead rise up from your slumber and i decree over unsaved lost ones come forth 
We decree a rising from the slumber. We decree a loosening from a demonic stronghold. In the name of Jesus, amen. Verse 44, and he who had died came out. He was dead, but he came out. It seemed too late, but it wasn't. It seemed over, but actually it just began. That is your story. It is not too late. They're not too far gone. It is time now. The yes of God is now. The amen of God is right now. The breakthrough is now. But you got to get your faith behind it, and you got to say, oh, yeah, I see that thing, but it doesn't intimidate me. Oh, I see that thing, but it's not going to discourage me. Oh, I see that thing, but I'm going to speak the love of Jesus. Jesus, I'm going to speak the resurrection power of Christ over it. And the word of God says it will not return unto me void. Is that not true? It's true. How many of you have seen miracle after miracle after miracle? When you spoke the word of God and you saw it come to pass consistently, right? So, so whatever it is that you're dealing with right now, it's no different at all. Literally not different at all. I love the fact that Jesus, the Word of God says that He is watching over His Word to perform it. He is watching over His Word to perform it, Jeremiah 1.12. And so when you allow the Word to come forth out of your mouth, and it's going to take some faith on your part. It's going to take some training. And as you start to train yourself to literally be in obedience to the Word of God and let that Word come forth out of your mouth, He's watching over that Word to perform it, to bring it to pass. It is not your job to perform the Word. It is your job to speak the word. It is his job to perform it. Say it's his job to perform it. Verse 44, and he who died came out. He came out. There are some things that are breaking today, things that have already broke today, not just in the room here, but in, the, in your lives, those that you're tied to, those that you're connected to. You know why? Because when something breaks off of you, it has the potential to break off of them because you're connected. Because the anointing, yes, and because the power of God, yes, and because what you received, the growth in your faith today, you saw with your own eyes, and now you're going to carry that everywhere you go. Therefore, you're going to, but see, I tell you this because you have to understand what you literally have received in order for you to walk in the fullness of it, right? When you, when you understand. And so he, he says, and he who had died, stop being so focused on what's dead. See, Everyone, oh, it's dead, it's too late, they're too far gone, it's so difficult, it seems impossible. But come on, you all think that way at times. It's true, it's true. But he said, what did Jesus just say here? And he who had died came out. Death is not the end in your story. It wasn't the end in this story. Death couldn't keep him bound because Jesus was on the scene. And death cannot keep you bound, nor those that you love, because Jesus is on the scene. If Jesus is on the scene, life is on the scene. So he who had died came out. He says here, bound hand and foot with grave clothes still on. His face, his face was wrapped with a cloth, but one simple word, freeze those that are captive right so they came out and they were literally bound well we have a generation of bound up youth totally deceived and totally walking in darkness we have a generation but you continue to be at your post where is your post right in the word of god look at the word that he said loose him 
can you not say, loose him, be loosed, be loosed? And then he said, and let him go. See, we're not just talking about being loose from something. We're also saying, be loosed and let him go. Who are you talking to? We're talking to every demon power that has bound that individual in the first place. We're talking to every demonic agreement that actually had them in chains. Loose them and let them go. There are too many people of faith that do not, they're not proactive in this part. I can tell you story after story after story of what God had done and used me in speaking forth. Loose them and let them go. The literal words. Can you? Will you? Will you? Will you? You must. The devil doesn't want you to know this. Loose them and let them go. What if you do that and it seems like you just created a double-headed monster? Because now, not only is the problem worse, but everyone is now against you for doing that and making it worse. Do it and do it again. Your instruction doesn't come from man. Your instruction comes from the Word of God. Your instruction is going to come here. You are not pleasing man. You are pleasing God. We are having faith that the mountain is going to move. And I don't care if it looks worse before it gets better. Say it's going to get better because Jesus is on the scene. It has no option. If within you, you have a little option of, well, maybe if it won't. If within you, there's that little option, it's like a door opened. And the enemy takes advantage of that door that's opened. And so you got to shut those doors. And those doors are doors of fear, really, and just believing the wrong thing. You know, just a little bit. Get rid of it. Anytime it comes up, get rid of it. The stakes are too high. It's too costly to entertain. Zechariah 9:11. As for you, because of the blood of your covenant, I will set your prisoners free from the waterless pit. This is Zechariah 9, okay? But I'm going to read, that was 11, but I'm going to read 12 as well. I'm going to back up to 11 and read the whole thing. Because of the blood of your covenant, this is all because of the blood of Jesus, right, church? So because of the blood of your covenant, I will set your prisoners free from the waterless pit. Does God lie? Does God lie? Is God a man that he should lie? So he says, I will set your prisoners free from a waterless pit. That's an empty cistern, a waterless pit. It's empty and it's deep. And there's no way for them to come out of that unless someone throws them a rope. And that rope is going to be the rope, the scarlet rope. It's going to be the rope that's dripped in the blood of Jesus. It is the blood of Jesus that's going to pull them out of that waterless pit. Are we following? Oh, it may be an empty cistern, but the blood of Jesus is not too far for them to reach and pull them out, right? So it says, return to the stronghold, you prisoners of hope. Even today I decree and declare that I will restore double to you. God is going to restore double. He is restoring double. I don't care how bad, bad looks. God says, I'm going to restore double if you just stand the course of time. If you continue, if you are willing to look radical, if you are willing to be the one that is ostracized, if you are willing to be the one that nobody understands and everyone rejects, if you're willing to stand true to Jesus no matter what, he says, I'm going to restore double. I'm going to give you double for your trouble, but double is coming. So why do I get so passionate? Why do you not? I think that's the right question. Why would someone not when they know it's a battle for someone's soul? Isaiah 59, verse 7.
verse 19 through 21. This is what the Lord says. As for me, saith the Lord, this is my covenant with them. God has a covenant with you, church. It says, as for me, this is my covenant. We know that God is a covenant-keeping God. So when we get this word, oh, thank you, Jesus, it's your covenant to me. So all I have to do is not break the covenant on my end. My spirit who is upon you and my words that I put in your mouth shall not depart from your mouth. Looks like we got some work to do, right? Nor from the mouths of your descendants, nor from the mouth, mouths of your descendants' descendants. I love that scripture. It's so powerful. It's so powerful because whatever you put in you, God says, I'm going to carry it to them. It's my covenant. It's my covenant. Whatever you put in you, you put my word in you, I'm faithful to make sure that word is going to go forth. Not in you, not just in you, but to your children and your children's children. Isaiah 54, 13. All of your children shall be taught of the Lord and great shall be their peace. The peace of the Lord will be upon your children as you decree it and you decree it and you declare it so. For I will contend with him, who, with him who contends with you and your children. I will save. That's Isaiah 49, 25. So, but the word of the Lord says, A joyful heart is like good medicine, and a broken spirit dries up the bones. That's Proverbs 17, 22. But in Ezekiel chapter 37, it also talks about bones, about dry bones. And so this story here about dry bones, um, we're going to go through some of this. I'm going to start with verse 1 of Ezekiel 37. It says, the hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of a valley, and it was full of bones. In other words, he was sitting in an area that he was surrounded by deadness. Everything was dead. And he was literally sitting as if it were in a grave, sitting with dry bones. By the way, Ezekiel name means God's strength so even when you seem to feel like you might be sitting in the midst of dry dead bones God is your strength look to him for he is your strength and he will never ever let you down Verse two. it says then he caused me to pass by them all you're going to have to pass by them all. You're going to have to see some things that maybe you didn't want to see. You're going to have to, there, there's going to be some experiences of things you would have rather not had experience, but it's going to make you who you are if you allow God to take you through the process. So he caused me to pass by them all. And behold, there were very many. There were very many in the open valley. And indeed, they were very dry. So what is Ezekiel doing? He's assessing. He's taking a survey. He's looking at the land. And he is saying, well, how bad is bad? And he says, very bad. It's actually really bad, okay? Lest you stay there and allow yourself to get depressed because Ezekiel did something that you must do as well. And so he said to me, the Lord said to him, son of man, can these bones live? Sometimes God asks you these questions. You know the answer to, but he's asking to see, not really if you know the answer, but are you willing? Because he's looking for a willing vessel, right? When you're willing and you're obedient, you will eat the good or the fruit of the land. So he says, can these bones live? Remember, they're all dead. They're all dry. And he says, so I answered, oh, Lord God, you know. He says, prophesy to these bones and say to them, oh, dry bones, hear. 
I don't care if you look dead. I don't care if you look immovable. I don't care if you look far past and too far gone and too late. Here! Because the strength of God in the prophetic in you is so much stronger than maybe you're utilizing, than maybe you're walking in. But I'm telling you today, it, when it, he couldn't hear. They were dead. But he didn't care. He said, hear me. They're dead. They're dry. Hear me. But don't you hear that they're dead? Hear me. So persistence in the truth. Persistence in letting the prophetic decree come forth out of you. Because we don't walk by sight. We walk by faith. Faith in God alone. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, surely I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live. Here he speaks the prophetic, the breath of God's going to come in, you're going to live. I don't care how bad it looks, you're going to live. Do you guys pray like this? Because it's important you do start. Breath, the breath of God to enter into you and you shall live. Then he goes on and it literally describes flesh upon you, you're going to be covered with skin, he's going to put breath in you, you shall live like you're watching a motion picture because you are the one that's in your mind of faith filled with truth filled with victory filled with the knowledge of god so i prophesy so he was obedient as i was commanded well church you're being commanded right now too to prophesy to the north south east and west you're being literally commanded right now to speak forth that prophetic decree this does not only apply to a loved one it applies to every area of so I prophesied as I was commanded. And he says, as I was prophesying, there was a noise and suddenly, suddenly a rattling. He's saying, while I'm prophesying and there is a noise, there's a rattling and I'm speaking to them, dry bones live, dry bones live. And he starts to hear a rattling. That which was dead starts to stir. Don't you know it's the same in your life? It really is. It is the same in our life. But what happens is people get discouraged before they see the breakthrough or even the beginning of the breakthrough. They get discouraged and then what they could have had, they didn't have because they stopped too early. They stopped because they didn't feel or they didn't, it was so long and they didn't see the fruit. Speak, decree, keep going. Strengthen yourself up in the most holy faith and keep going, but don't quit. How do you know if it wasn't that next prayer that totally shifted everything and you started to hear that rattling, you started to hear that shifting, you started to see bones coming together, life coming together, and the dead start to raise up right in your very presence. It's possible. Oh, it's possible, all right. I've seen it myself time after time, literally dead bones, spiritually dead, coming to life, coming together, but it takes time sometimes and it takes consistency but i'll tell you the spirit of god will come upon you and you will lump, sometimes literally hear the rattling before you literally see it you'll hear it prophetically right all of a sudden you're like you hear what no one else hears they may think you're crazy you know you're filled with faith you hear what nobody or you'll see what no one else sees because your eyes are set on christ Everyone's seeing the natural, but you're seeing something else. You're hearing beyond the veil. You are literally standing in a place where faith is going to move that mountain. Verse 7, so I prophesied, and as I, was as I was commanded to, he was just obedient. That's what he was doing. He was just being obedient. He says, as I prophesied, there was a noise, and suddenly a rattling, a rattling, and the bones came together. Verse 9, also he said to me, prophesy to the breath. He says, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, Thus says the Lord God, come forth from the four winds. 
and breath breathe on these slain that they may live. So he's literally listening to the Lord's blueprint and he is following. And we must do this. When you prophesy, I want you to be in tune with the Holy Ghost where he will tell you, I want you to speak life over them, the breath of God to come up. And you're going to speak the very things that God speaks to you to speak. You can do so as you are filled with the Holy Spirit and under the unction of the Holy Ghost. That's where the power is. Not in something you, oh, I, I'm trying to strive and figure out what I should say. Stop. Get in the Spirit of God. It is not a work of the flesh. It is a work of the Spirit. Right? And so as you're in the spirit and you say, Lord, how do I prophesy? I'm hearing. I'm I have tuned myself to hear. What do I say? And as you're in the spirit, you will, the Lord will drop something in your spirit. And you're going to start speaking that very thing as if you're looking at it and as if you are commanding it in the flesh because you are. Even in spite of the fact you may not see it in the natural, you are. You're speaking to it, and it must obey the word of God coming forth out of you because you are one with Jesus. The Bible says, how can two walk together unless they be agreed? In Amos 3, 3, you are to walk together with Christ. You may not have anyone else that you can walk together with in your life in different points of your life. You may not have anyone else that you can literally walk together, like in agreement, spiritually in agreement. You may not, at different points in your life, have someone that you can walk in agreement with, but you have the Holy Spirit. You have the spirit of truth. You have the spirit of life, and he never leaves you. Therefore, two walking together, agreed. Now the devil has to listen and obey your commands because you are walking in agreement with Holy Spirit. Isn't that true? And it's true, but it's powerful. It's powerful how this, how this really works. And in reality, there's a mindset shift for many people realizing, well, this is my portion. This is my lot. This is my, this is my victory that I get to walk in. So if for some of you, I can see the light bulb going on for some of you. For some of you, you're like, wow, I really want to work on, I want to practice this. Do it. Re-listen to the teaching. Do it. Write these things down. Write the word down. Write the scripture. Meditate. Do this because you will see the change. And so verse 12 and say to them, thus says, says the Lord God, behold, he says, I will pour your, I will open your graves and cause you to come up from your graves and bring you into the land of Israel. So in other words, God's going to catapult you and those you're praying for into where they need to be instead of being delayed. It's a catapulting. Why? Because there is an investment that God has put on the inside so of you. So why don't you just get some transference of God's goodness? Why don't you allow the transference of God's faithfulness? Why don't you allow the transference of God's deliverance and his healing power to come forth out of you? 14. He says, I will put my spirit in you and you shall live God is taking a hardened heart and literally making it a heart of flesh. He says, and I will place you in your own land. So he's going to change the heart, and then he's going to give you the prosperity. He's going to give you that which was rightfully yours in the first place. And then he says, and then you shall know. Then you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken, and I have performed it, saith the Lord. Then you shall know that I spoke it, and I performed it, saith God. You were just obedient, and you received the blessing.